Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one, welcome all to volume, who cares, of the NFC's mixtape, the greatest crossover ever presented to you in the history of all worlds. You can listen to this podcast on any of the SB Nation, NFC East, Team Blog, Podcast Networks, that's Blogging the Boys for Dallas Cowboys coverage, Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles, Big Blue View for New York Giants, and Hogs Haven for Washington Commanders. You can also watch this show on either the Bleeding Green Nation or Blogging the Boys YouTube channels. We have a lot of ways that you can access us. Who is us? He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. I am Marjorie Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. We are here to recap week two in the NFL and therefore the NFC East preview week three, which is all NFC Easty. And really, Brandon, I think the most important thing that happened in the sporting world on Monday night was the Houston Astros clinching the AL West. Um, so congratulations to my Astros. Great job, us. Um, we can kind of just you know go home at this point. Yeah, this is how you're dealing with the Eagles being legitimate Super Bowl contenders, beating your favorite quarterback in the entire NFL. It was Kirk a rough Cousins. night. It was a rough night. Um, I had, um, we'll just say, uh, a game hanging in the balance that actually involved the Astros. So check this out. I had a, a fun little, you know, game. We'll call it a fantasy game hanging in the balance. They required three legs of a parlay, kind of like our uh, our three-leg parlay that we do every single week on the look ahead over on the SB Nation NFL show. Two of the legs were actually Houston Astros related. I needed Jordan Alvarez to score a run. I needed Alex Bregman to either score a run or, mm. or, or score an RBI. And those two things happened on one play. Jordan Alvarez was on second base, and Alex Bregman drove him in. Boom. Two birds, one stone. All I needed was a Justin Jefferson touchdown. That was it. That was all I needed. And Darius Slay said no over and over and over again. It was so painful. We have a lot to get to. I want to let everybody know uh, that the Dallas Cowboys won last week, shocked the world. And I said that if they beat the Cincinnati Bengals, I would read my apology letter on behalf of my A.J. Brown take. So we'll get to that. I wrote a letter, uh, which was actually which difficult. makes a lot got... of sense. That really correlates somehow. Well, I mean, look, it was about the Bengals and the Cowboys. I actually wrote a letter, which the podcast audience can't tell. I'm I'm down. I'm down. This is a, this is a, a blogger's nightmare. My wrist is sore. I'm sure you've dealt with this before. We do a lot of like, you know, hand turning action on the mouse or the keyboard. So I've got a little brace on my right wrist. But I wrote the letter nonetheless. I'm a trooper. Don't say that I'm not committed to my job. You use a desktop? Um, no, I mean I'm I'm sitting at a desk, but it's a laptop, and I have a mouse. But still, I mean, like, there's look, we do we push out a lot of content. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of stuff that happens here, and like, you know, I'm moving around a lot, and so um, it's tough. It's tough, but um, we have Jesus to start, geez, if you will. We have we have to start as we always do uh, with the division leader, and after two weeks, it is the Philadelphia Eagles who. Basically, you know, um, are the toast of the town. The Philadelphia Eagles. Look, I had a tweet that upset a lot of Eagles fans. I know you were very busy. Did you see this? Did you see my yes, tweet? This is your coping. Um, so I tweeted what the broadcast noted, which was that the Eagles are the only team in the NFL to play their first four games of this season against teams who finished with below 500 records mm -hmm. last year. A little tongue-in-cheek. Seems like a bit of a layup, if you ask me. Comment added to that. This is a hornet's nest, Eagles fans are. And so they were upset. Look, here's the thing. It is a tough scene for me that the Eagles beat my Vikings, that my MVP pick, Kirk Cousins, was just all sorts of incompetent on Monday night. Um, what's frustrating about that is I still believe that the Vikings have one of the best offenses in the NFL, but the Eagles completely shut that down. And so now you're talking about an Eagles defense and Jonathan Gannon that, that are kind of living up to the other end of the bargain that Jalen Hurts and the offense are putting forth. I want to say right now, before you do, Brandon, this was what we needed to see from Jalen Hurts. This was the game that, that 
like the collective needed to see to believe that he has evolved, that he has grown, that he has taken a step. It's a small sample size, but there is no denying that there is a, an elite passer within him. How often that that player shows up it remains to be seen, but he was there all throughout Monday Night Football. It's stupid to say that anybody would win MVP after the first two weeks of the season, but I think if somebody did, it would be Josh Allen. I think Jalen Hurts is in the conversation, though. Entering the 2022 Eagles season, Eagles had two big, obvious question marks. Jalen Hurts, Jonathan Gannon. Mm. On Monday night, those question marks, RJ, were exclamation points, baby. Jalen Hurts <laughs> had his best game by far. Stupid. I wrote that in my recap. I was proud of it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Jalen Hurts was great. And I, this is, this. is you're right, this is the performance we needed to see. I know we got some flack, Conan, others, uh, all the listeners who had to, said they had to turn the podcast off, RJ, because we were so harsh on Jalen Hurts last week. That performance, I said, didn't really move the needle for me. It wasn't about him looking bad last week. I just I didn't know what that would portend for the future. And now, after this passing performance, where there's just there's no way to qualify it as like, oh yeah, this, but like no, like he made high level throws that honestly I've never really seen him make any kind of regularity. And it didn't seem like fluky to me. Like there was just he was like under he was in command, he was in control. Uh, offensive line blocked well sure but like he took advantage of it and then when they didn't he made plays with his legs his touchdown run are you kidding me on third and two 26 yards you if you can find a freeze frame of that where like he's being contacted at the five yard line it looks like you'd be down yeah, it's one of those like jalen hurt scores on this play exactly. like things that is crazy yeah but it's, right. it's crazy it's like how what quarterback is doing that like lamar josh allen is the and only josh one. allen maybe and right. like that's it like this is a rarefied air it was the running which is nice. It was a throwing, which is really, again, the needle mover and inspires a lot of confidence. It's week two, but you look at the Eagle schedule like we did last week. You're like, if they, if they win this game, the, the path is there. The path is so easy and whatever the schedule is easy. And that's certainly um, fair to point out. But I mean, when you win, like they did on Monday night football, that's not just about an easy schedule. And you know, it's a Vikings team that beat the Packers. Like that's, that's a legit quality win. I, I still believe it's a very, very good team. That's why I'm saying like, it's a high quality win. This is when we look back at like, they won't play a better team through things or through Halloween. They, they will not. They will not be a better team that the Eagles play before Halloween that is, is better than the Vikings. And I know people take any opportunity to take shots at Kirk. He played really badly, but I think he played badly because he got worked. I think Justin Jefferson got I think Justin Jefferson had a worse game than Kirk Cousins. People people point at Kirk again. He's like the face of of everything because he's just, just the, the character that he's become. But Darius Slay had his way with Justin Jefferson. There's an there's, I've made the argument myself. Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the NFL, and Darius Slay locked him down. Darius Slay mm -hmm. took him away, and the Vikings offense was completely and totally inefficient. Um, back to the Jalen Hurts thing very quickly. It started off kind of like, not low-hanging fruitish, but it started off kind of like the Quez Watkins touchdown. I was like, well, the dude's wide open. Like, come on. Like, who, who's going to miss this throw type thing? But, that but was you're right. Like, he, I think mean, you have to give right, but, like, yeah, but, yeah. But, he, but he kept doing it over, and it wasn't just that. Like, if, if it had just been that, like, I don't know that you give Jalen, like, the props for that. But there's, there's a long list of things you can give him credit for. This was it. This was the, okay, now we're ready to take you seriously game, Jalen Hurts. So now it's a matter of doing it again. Now it's a matter of, okay, now you're supposed to be an elite team. Go destroy Carson Wentz. Go, go eliminate all, not that there's doubt, but like go get rid of it. Like go just be the great team that you're supposed to be. They took a huge step forward as an overall team. I don't know what the weakest part of this team is. I do think, um, I heard Greg Rosenthal say this on the around the NFL Monday Night Football recap show. Um, like, let's chill out with the Jalen Rager stuff. Like, it's enough. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like what's what's up with the booing? Like, this this wasn't like a guy who, to my knowledge, at least, like, mm -hmm. I, like there's if there's toxicity in that relationship, it's a it's a one direction type thing. But whatever. Um, I don't know what the he didn't give is. his effort, like full effort. He, you cannot say that. Like a lot of players, you can say, okay, they were bad, but at least they tried. Like JJ Arthur Whiteside, you could say that. Rager does not fall in that category, so I don't have any problem with people booing him. There were times where he absolutely dogged it out there um what's he, the week failed a conditioning test one year and like i was listening to a brandon graham interview recently uh on, on Derek gunn's podcast and he even brought that up again like how rager on point like didn't come in the camp in shape so he absolutely did not like give it his all here um what's the weakness i need you to answer that question what is the weakness on the cowboy uh the cowboys i'm reading there's a cowboys news as uh as we're talking we'll get to that but mm -hmm. um what is the weakness on the eagles roster at the moment um 
I mean, Gannon is still a question mark in terms of like well, bigger picture. This was one good perform, very good performance, a step in the right direction. But I mean, when he's been torched uh, by good quarterbacks like he has in the past, it's not like this game erases all doubt in that regard. So I, I you know, I still think there are questions about him. I think the pass rush could be better. Not that it's terrible, but I don't think it's as dominant as it kind of needs to be and could be and should be. So that's an issue. Um, man, I just I keep coming back to Hurts, and I, I'm so impressed. And it's funny because some people will be like, "Oh, BLG, you're such a hater. You were wrong." I'm like, I'm glad I'm wrong. I didn't. I'm not rooting against him. I just like I'm being honest with you. And it doesn't. One of my other favorite things is like, "Oh, this must hurt you so much to tweet this." No, it doesn't. It does not hurt me to tweet out what like I objectively think is true in front of me. Like it's just being honest. That's there all I try two, to do. There are two things that people often allow to not be the case. One is that we can get new information and things can change. Oh, no, you said on the day they drafted so-and-so that he was going to suck. Yeah, I said that then because, like, it looked like that. Then things changed, and I was wrong. Like, like respect, you're saying I was wrong. That's the first thing. The other thing is something we say very often. We're going to have to turn this into a segment, um, a multiple things can be a true thing. Kind of like the, like the Eagles can have four games to start their season that look easy on paper. That can be true just as much as it can be true that they had their way with the Minnesota Vikings. The game against the Lions was a little bit suspect. Maybe the Lions are going to be cute or whatever. Like multiple things can be true. People often don't allow that to be the case. Huge, huge, huge win for the Philadelphia Eagles. I do want to get through um, all of our game recaps rather quickly because we have two big time games to preview. I also have my letter to read. I feel like now is probably the time to do that um, just because we're talking about the Eagles. Okay. So in case anyone is unaware, my take was that the Philadelphia Eagles lost the A.J. Brown trade. And that was more centered around the compensation. It was never about A.J. Brown being a bad player. But I said, if the Cowboys beat the Cincinnati Bengals, I would write a letter and I would read it. I literally, I literally, I wrote it. So are you ready for this? Here we go. To whom it may concern. This past offseason, I, R.J. Ochoa, stated that the Philadelphia Eagles lost the trade that they executed with the Tennessee Titans. The primary terms of this trade involved wide receiver A.J. Brown and Philadelphia's first-round pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. My take centered around the idea of value. We have seen many wide receivers into the NFL and hit the ground running right away. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson serve as very recent examples. And there are many people, or there were many people, excuse me, excited about this year's top rookie prospects. The Titans selected Traylon Burks with the pick that they received from Philadelphia, and I'm not ready to write off his future, but that is a different subject. Extremely loyal listeners of the NFC's mixtape will know that BLG and I's look-ahead co-host, Rob Stats Guerrera, vehemently defended this overall idea through no fault of my own and completely of his own accord. Nevertheless, I have come to wave the white flag. It is apparent that A.J. Brown is a mechanism that is helping to unlock the Eagles' offense. He may very well not have a tremendous impact from a statistical standpoint. He might, obviously, but the trade has only served to better the Eagles. The genesis of my argument is one I feel strongly about considering I noted that every team who gave up significant resources for a wide receiver would not be able to properly recoup their investment. Just look at the Raiders with Devontae Adams, with the Cardinals, with Hollywood Brown. It is hard to live up to a significant investment. But Howie Roseman played it right. I have long said he is a great builder of a roster. I don't know how he somehow has multiple first-round picks in next year's draft on top of Mm. all of this. I am sorry. So if the season ended today, which I checked in, uh, the New Orleans Saints, do you know where they would be picking and thus the Eagles be getting that pick at? Um, I don't, but I think that's dumb. To it's dumb, it. but I'm I'm just like, just for perspective right now. It, no, you know, no, uh, like, wow, that was beautiful, RJ. I was kind of expecting a round of applause, whatever. It's eighth overall. Like, and if they had freaking, if only the Falcons had held on last week, then it would be a top like six pick, which is crazy right now. Um, I really am not ready to give up on Traylon Burks. That's a different subject. I'm sure you were busy getting ready for the game. He had a fine. huge like third and 16 conversion for the Titans on the night football. Like he's, you know, but like, again, the trade worked out for the Eagles. So I was wrong. I'm sorry. All right. All right. <clears throat> All right. Um, We have to wait for the Cowboys, but there is news. Um, mm. So the uh, second team in the division, currently the only other undefeated team, the New York back at football giants. All right. You um, went into the icebox on the look ahead in picking the Giants over the Carolina Panthers. Um, They were victorious. They are 2-0. If you're really trying to poke holes in somebody's 2-0 record, I think it's them. I actually mentioned on on Monday on the NFL show that the Bucs might be the worst 2-0 team. The Giants are in consideration for that. They beat the aforementioned Titans and obviously the Panthers. Uh, But good for them. Like we're seeing a lot of like 
go for it stuff. We're, we're seeing that all over the place this season. I actually heard Lindsay Rhodes mention on her podcast that they are going for things in the way the Lions did last year, which was your take. So just this is about this is about making work more fun. This is about making people proud to be a part of your organization. I do think that Brian Dable is doing that, which is really starting to suck. Yeah, and also like find a way to beat the bad teams. And mm -hmm. I think the Panthers, I have them dead last in my power ranking. So, so I do I. think they're terrible. Who's 31 for you if the Panthers are 32? Um, let me look real quick. I have I didn't post them yet because it's been busy, but I wrote it's the a order team down. that starts with an F. I have the Falcons. Oh wow! Last. It's well, I meant F for frauds. It's the Indianapolis Colts, but it's funny that you actually had a team. I have them third. Them. They're third to last. So I mean, you know, you're splitting hairs at that point. Uh, but the point is that the Giants do have a week two and zero, but whatever. You know, I mean, you'll take it. Who cares if you're the Giants fans? You're like, sure, we beat some bad teams, but we actually did it, which is nice for a change. But I do think the Panthers are terrible. I think the Titans clearly, who just got destroyed by the Bills, are uh, not good. Missing AJ Brown, kind of a big deal, specifically for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, that's the other side of it. Just seeing not only like the impact he has for the Eagles, but also the impact right. without him is, is a giant deal. So uh, no pun intended. Um, nothing too flashy about this. You know, you look at the box score. Daniel Jones is an 87.4 pass rating. Saquon only averaged 3.4 yards per carry. The leading receiver was Richie James. Uh, shout out to stats uh, with 51 yards. Like this is not a any kind of flashy, amazing performance, especially by the offense. They only put up 19 points. Um, but hey, whatever. Uh, whatever it takes to beat a bad team, that's what this uh, giant season is about, is finding the bright spots where you can. And, uh, you know, it's it's not uh, – I think Giants fans are probably well aware they're not going to be pushing, you know, for the, the, the NFC's crown or anything like that. But they can enjoy this moment and be like, hey, we're 2-0. We'll take it. I want to give the Giants props for something specific. I don't have snap counts or anything in front of me. I don't know if you do. It's difficult for me to move quickly on my computer and my, uh, my, my state. What a but, um, yeah, I know. Um, I love, and I don't mean to like shame anybody, but I love, because I'm not the Eagles fans with Jalen Rager. Um, I love how Brian Dable is like, oh, Kenny Galladay, you kind of suck. Yeah. We're not going to play you. Like, I don't care what your contract mm. is. Like, we're not, I love that. Like, I, I love that about like, cost fallacy. Exactly. Yeah. Brian Dable doesn't care. And I, I respect that, you know, John Mara and the Giants front office and ownership group is supporting him. I respect like you, you have to, you have to give your coach your full absolute complete total trust and it feels like they're doing that it may not work out like i'm not saying that they're going to win a super bowl or be a perennial playoff team under brian dable but they have turned the corner like the, the the darkest part of the night is behind them it had not felt that way for a very long time with the giants franchise so good for them and they are favorites against the dallas cowboys on prime time mm -hmm. i mean some of that is is the lack of Dak prescott obviously but still i mean like how this has got to be so much fun if you're a Giants fan. Like you got to be having such a good time. And how long has it been since you have felt good about the state of your team? Yeah, it's kind of like a house money situation. Right. Where you're not expecting much this year anyway, and anything they do is kind of gravy. And it sets you up in a position where, comparing them to the Lions, I mean, Lions fans are juiced about this current season coming off the season they were just on. And I'm sure Hard Knocks helps with that. Maybe the Giants can find themselves on Hard Knocks uh, next year. That'd be good for them. Um, I tell you what, we don't talk about them a lot. They are a sneaky candidate for Lamar Jackson if that doesn't work out, right? Like for for whatever, like you know, Russell That's Wilson true. is lurking. We we have kind of talked about Russ with you know, go go blue, you know, but like they they are a sneaky candidate because they are building the right way, and all of a sudden that media market value is a real thing because you're now a legitimate and functional NFL franchise. So and I trust. Um, uh, Shane to like do the right thing at quarterback at least at some level. Like I I feel like he's gonna put a good for good put a good effort forward and not just you know totally blow it by taking the next Daniel Jones or whatever. Let's move on so we can get to our our previews very quickly. Um, the Washington Commanders lost to the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions getting a lot of pop around here. You know the Giants kind of compared to them. The Eagles beat them in Week One. The Giants lost to them. Shout out to Jeremy Reisman, our our coworker over at PrideDetroit.com. Make sure you check them out. Um, they made it a game though at the end. I mean, like, mm. I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, hand out like, you know. That's the wrong takeaway. I think the, well, no, the takeaway no, like, is that they got blown out by the. Well, Lions. my takeaway is like, if like evaluating from a Cowboys perspective, like that offense is legit. I mean, and I don't mean legit like it's a top ten or like it, it's definitely top ten, but like it is legit. It's an offense that can you know kind of make a game out of something, and it hadn't been that way for a long time either. Like they are improved. I mean, you can make an argument that outside of the Eagles right now, obviously, that they have the the best, most explosive offense in the division. I don't know how mm -hmm. you can. Jahan Dotson looks like a yeah. huge hit. I mean, like you got to give them credit for that pick. Like he looks 
I'd say right now, Drake London looks like the best rookie receiver. And then Jahan Dotson's right behind him. Maybe Garrett Wilson, if you're feeling that way after last week. Um, But it all comes down to the guy under center sometimes. And the mistakes don't go away. I mean, I was looking this up before the show here. He had a fumble in this game, which was a big deal because he fumbled in the end zone. Okay, that's a safety. The line scored a touchdown on that ensuing drive. It's a nine-point play nine point it's a two possession game right uh lines went up 12 zero guess what how much did the commanders lose by on sunday mm. nine points so like that's the game right there and you know just zooming out Wentz is up to 70 sorry 67 fumbles in 87 games and i i was like i want to contextualize that so i looked up his fellow members of the 2016 nfl draft class the quarterbacks jared goff remember jared goff like tiny hands oh he's gonna fumble a lot yeah the og yeah, kenny pickett yeah and I think he even has like a reputation for that, maybe to some at least than Wentz does, or like similar. Goff has only fumbled 52 times in 85 games. So two fewer games than Wentz and 15 fewer fumbles. If you want to compare him to Dak, your boy, Dak is at 48 in 86 games. So one fewer game and 19 uh, fewer fumbles. Like that is, it's such a high rate and it's it's a problem. It's never not going to be, a, it's not going away. It's always going to be a problem. It's going to show up at times. And that's ultimately going to hinder their ceiling. Yes, I agree with you that they can do some nice things on offense, but you're like, you're waiting for it, RJ. You're waiting for the bad play. You know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of like, will it happen at a time that totally screws us? Or we kind of can we kind of work around this? So that's a big issue. I agree with you entirely. And I'm not just trying to like, oh, like look at only the positives because the negatives matter. And the Giants and Commanders are in different places from one another. Like the Commanders are trying to compete and, and kind of have a roster that can compete. We're halfway home, by the way, seemingly to Chase Young playing for them. We'll see if he only misses four weeks. But it's a big deal. Um, right. Um, but so like I think if if you ask any Commanders fan, right, who has, have they've all been through a lot. But if you ask any of them, I think they will one million percent take this over the alternative or like like for now oh, oh. yes yeah for like i, I mean like it, like you can't because people say that all the time like oh this quarterback stinks and i'm not saying like that's a bad take you know generally but like what's the option like what's the feasible option like who you who like and i think we we laughed at the at the carson wentz trade but like is that not from the value it's provided to the offense? no like it is one of the i mean it was one of the better moves it was better than matt ryan you're like, paying a premium for competency, but still, you're have, you're getting stable play. You have a stable okay, offense. Okay, but like, what are you going to do with that? You're you. They've won a game. They're in the mix. Great. Like they won know. a game against I mean, who? The Jags. Look, but still, a like, team that hasn't won on the road since 2019. They got the best of the Indianapolis Colts. They agree with it. you. Agree with that at least. I mean, I guess the, the trade was worth no. it. The trade was what was the trade? A second and a third round pick, or what was that I a third for, and a fifth? I think it's a third and another third that can become a That's second, totally which probably it. will That's assume totally he doesn't get hurt. That's totally worth stable franchise quarterback play. It's totally I worth don't it. think so. I think you can get decent quarterback play without giving that and paying the money and now kind of being in this Kirk Cousins purgatory kind of world that they're in, basically. What was the alternative? Do nothing and have Taylor Heineke? Like I'd I'd rather I mean, have this. For in terms of long term health of the franchise, probably is probably take a step back to hopefully take a step forward in the future to maximize wins this year. No, this does is the but right move. Who's the last quarterback they drafted that was, you know, legitimate? I mean, I don't know, like, you know, Kirk Cousins, right? Like, which was an accident. I'm not an accident, but like, you know, Robert Griffin had the year. I mean, you know, like they, they haven't handled anything well. Like, you know, they, they've just, you know, it, it's been awful. Like the, the way that they have, I mean, so I think this was. This was one of their better decisions over the course of the offseason. I'm not saying, like, I don't think it's fair to grade that by saying, oh, well, they didn't win the Super Bowl, so it was a terrible decision. No, like, they no, have I don't think anyone is saying that, though. But, like, what, are the, what is their ceiling with Carson Wentz? Really? They're a play, like, they could be a playoff team. That's their ceiling. Okay, they, like a wild card team in a weak NFC? That's, your, that's look, like, what we're really celebrating here. I think right now the division – is is philly and washington until i see more from the cowboys i mean like i'm i'm not just because of last week's whatever win i'm not willing to put the cowboys in this no, yet. we'll see what happens with that change everything but like if 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 washington like the right now i'm not saying philly's a mirage we gave them their flowers but like could this could all like go away we've seen jalen hurts play poor quarterback you know or, or play quarterback sure. poorly and so they have the necessary ingredients to be a legitimate team in the NFL. And they don't even have their best player right now in Chase Young. So I think the commanders are in a nice spot. They lost to a team that a lot of people think highly of in the Detroit Lions. So we'll see what happens this week, but we'll get to the preview. Are we ready to get to the Cowboys? Last couple, two last things on Wentz. The flea oh, flicker throw was, what was that? Like, I just don't, I don't even know who he was throwing to or where he was throwing to on that play. And then 
the pick he had, like it was thrown high. Like he does, he sells passes. So that's just like, again, a staple of him, something you're just not seeing getting better. And it's going to be an issue. It's, you're going to have to live with that. And I don't think you can live with that, but we can get to the basement team in the NFC East, a team that won, but uh, still at the bottom. Yeah, for the second straight week, three of the four teams won. Last week, the Cowboys only wants to lose. This week, the Commanders, because the Cowboys got that dub for the second year in a row, Brandon. Actually, the third year in a row, the Cowboys kicked a game-winning field goal in week two of the season. But for the second year in a row, it came against an AFC team who had a quarterback from the 2020 NFL draft class. The final score was 20-17. to That's all cool stuff. Um, Look, this was... This was awesome. This is another, like, my two takes that have aged the best, I think, like, NFL-wide. A week ago, I think the Vikings were up there. But my two right now are that the Colts are frauds and that the Bengals aren't exactly the, like, you know, toast of the town, right? I think this was more about the Bengals being a really bad team. But kudos to the Cowboys. Kudos to Cooper Rush. They did it. They surprised all of us. There's a lot of Cowboys fans, a lot of Cowboys homers taking some victory laps. And I'm not trying to just be Eeyore and rain on the parade. Brandon, they scored 20 points. Cool. Awesome. Respect. They've scored two touchdowns this season. This season. They both came in the first quarter. So they have scored in one of eight quarters so far. Mm. Scored touchdowns this season. Again, yep. you know, they, there's two, so you got to give them credit for that. But still, um, the first one was their opening possession of the game. So like your scripted series, right? That you should do very well on your opening possession of the game. So kudos to the Cowboys that they did that. Their second one was the next possession. Tony Pollard had a 46-yard play. They ruled them down at the one yard line. So this massive inflation that, that moved the ball. After that, nothing. After that, there was no offense. They, they just took their foot off the gas. They were content to just like kind of try to outlast the Bengals and, and hope that Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs would save them. And they did. And, and kudos to them. Kudos to Cooper for engineering a, a last-second game-winning drive. And kudos to Brett Maher for making the field goal. But the recipe is still not a sound one. Like this isn't a results-oriented process. We say that all the time. I mean, they're one and one. They bought themselves some time. Maybe Dak Prescott can get back. And that's a good thing. But there are like my concern is that they're going to look at this and feel justified in all of the poor decisions that they still somehow overcame. They're going to look at the the like surface area stuff like, oh, well, we beat the Bengals. We beat the AFC champions. You know, like, mm-hmm. look, look at us. Like, no, that doesn't mean what you think it means. Like, that's cool. And that's awesome. But like, you still have to keep trying. Try harder because you're not trying hard enough right now. I think uh, the point you hit on in there is is poignant, and that is that, you know, this this buys you some time. Like, you you just need to steal a game and hope that Dak can get back at some point and get healthy, and then you can get things together at that point. So from that standpoint, obviously, you know, Cowboys fans have something to feel good about. I think Cooper Rush probably played better than you probably would have expected him to. And most people, not that he was, like, great, but, like, you know, better. And pairing that with last year's game against the Vikings, it's like, okay, maybe they can kind of, continue to tread water maybe not like you feel amazing about it but like okay i'm not ready to rule it out entirely um so that's definitely the positive i do agree there is something to um uh well really honestly just the cowboys being qualified to take advantage of the Bengals' distinct weakness which is after you know an offseason much was made about how oh, the Bengals fixed their offensive line well apparently they did because <laughs> They've allowed 13 sacks and 20 quarterback hits in the first two weeks. That is, I mean, Joe Burrow doesn't have a chance back there. So that's kind of a big deal. Um, It's a, again, in a vacuum, it's a good win. Um, But I, I don't know what it really means for the Cowboys moving forward, other than they're treading water. I've seen a lot of chatter this week, and this is like, this is upsetting. So there's a lot of people. Tyler Smith has been awesome. He, he really has. Like, And I've said in our postgame show, I've written it. Cowboys take a victory lap you earned it like you believed we all pointed we all laughed dunk on us I'm cool with that awesome but there are a lot of people who are like well they should they should play Jason Peters at guard right like they they should kick Jason Peters over to the right side no because of two games right like like because of two like respect Ty Smith looks like he's going to be a very promising left tackle in the NFL but like this, like the fans who are, are proposing that are doing the same thing that we accuse the Cowboys of doing, of like living in the moment, living off of one sample size mm. and thinking that like everything's just going to be perfect because it was that way for two games. And again, kudos to the team, kudos to Tyler Smith, but Tyler, uh, Tyler Smith should be your left guard with Jason Peters as your left tackle. I don't, I don't like nothing else makes sense to me. Um, so I don't want to really spend a Peters lot of time. Peters has played at guard if you didn't know that. I, he did I know, okay. I know, but like still, like he's, he's played at guard and that's a microscopic sample size of his entire NFL career like they didn't bring him in to play guard you know what I mean so like and like while they should Mm. adjust to to new information they like 
I'm a big fan of trusting yourself when you're not emotionally compromised. They brought him in to be the left tackle of this team this season. Do that. Don't don't be like, oh, well, Tyler Smith's awesome now. Like, let's go do it. No, just trust your past self and move mm. forward in that direction. Um, I don't fully thing- agree with that, but okay. I think, you know, if the young guy's playing well, maybe keep him in there. Don't just change things up and shake his confidence, maybe. But the problem, right. prob- like, I guess for some context, the Cowboys have left guard issues, like right now. That, that's that's a problem. Connor McGovern's hurt. Matt Farniok played okay on Sunday, and they beat the Bengals. But, like, you can't just say, well, they beat the Bengals with Matt Farniok, so it's going to be fine. No. Like, if you if you play Jason Peters at left tackle, you improve two positions. That That's, I mean, a big part of why. It's not just that Peters has played left tackle for, like, 98% of his NFL career career which is a significant Mm -hmm. thing but you improve two positions you get your best five offensive linemen out there and again you do what you intended to do when you brought jason peters in in the very uh, very first place but um what distracted me when we first started brandon the cowboys did wave a player just a few moments ago for you and i in real time and that is undrafted free agent wide receiver dennis houston brandon's doing the wave with his hands um dennis made the roster largely due to a, a connection that he had with dak prescott um, as mentioned, he was an undrafted free agent and he was active for the first two games of the season when the team's third round pick wide receiver Jalen Tolbert was not. Um, so is this an indication that Michael Gallup is ready to play? Is this an mm. indication that Jalen Tolbert is going to be active moving forward? But well, I mean, like it would seemingly be one of those things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and they, they intimated that Gallup could play next week on Monday night against Washington. I would lean towards it being that. Um, because it'd be it'd be silly to wave a player, you know, for a question mark on Jalen Tolbert. So they must feel very, very confident that Michael Gallup's going to be back. But we'll see if that ultimately winds up being the case. Why don't we take a break here, and then we'll snake back with the picks for this week? Ooh, the snake's going to be short because there's only two games. But a very, right. per- a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Brandon, this brace on my right hand is clunky. I don't like it. Mm. I uh, once tore a ligament in my thumb. I don't know if people can see. There's a scar right here. Like mm. right in this crease here, um, I had a like pin in my thumb. I'm also trying to show you the side. This is really gross stuff, but there's somewhere there um, where I was playing flag football <laughs> and I tried to go for the ball because I thought the person was holding it loosely. And like there aren't really fumbles in flag football because, you know, like if the ball goes on the ground, you don't want people like piling up and getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure enough so like but i felt like it was fair game if i could just rip it out if they weren't holding it securely they happened to be holding it more securely than i thought mm. i went to go for the ball and i just jammed my finger it didn't really even hurt i went to go pick up the ball away from like the play after the play ended because you know i didn't get his flag down he, he ran by me so i went for the ball and i did one of these rj where like i didn't even look at it and i went to go pick it up like this but I couldn't grab grab it like I do of this case right now. My thumb here was just like hanging down. So uh, it didn't hurt at all. And I actually went to the ER and they're like, yeah, you're fine. And my dad was like, wait, no, 
like show them what you can do with your thumb. And they're like, oh my God, that is not good. So uh, yeah, I had a brace for a long, like that was from like January in my freshman year, like 2007 until May or so with the physical therapy and everything. So I feel you, not fun. Um, that reminded me um, for the ligament reason, I guess, um, you know, Tom Moore, the longtime Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator, the one who yep. has the quote that everybody brings up, like, um, we don't we don't give our QB two reps because if, if, if Peyton goes down, we're aft and we don't practice aft. Um, mm. I once heard on a Sunday night broadcast. Um, maybe I maybe I dreamt this. I made it up, but I'm pretty certain that I heard on a Sunday night broadcast he tore the ligaments in either his his index finger or his index and his middle finger. Um, you know, like when you put your shoes on and how you kind of use like your fingers as like a natural shoehorn. He was doing that and tore the ligaments or something on his finger. That's crazy. That's way crazier than your story. Well, I mean, again, um, and I don't know how much of this applies to Dak and his specific injury, but oh. again, for me, there wasn't pain. It wasn't about pain. It wasn't like, you know, oh, this hurts. No, it was just about like functionality. I couldn't like, you know, use it. It was not staying in place. Mm. Um, all right. So we have two games this week. Uh, we need a word. Is it NFC East Mageddon? Is that what we call it when we have a week like this where we're just two games between the four teams? Or NFC East Palooza, NFC East Apocalypse. Mm. I like NFC East Mageddon the most personally. I think NFC East Apocalypse might be the best. Um, fine. NFC East. So the Apocalypse is here. Oh yeah, I like that because you can't say the Mageddon is here, but you can say the Apocalypse is here. Um, all right, we have Apocalypse upon us. The Philadelphia Eagles will be visiting the Washington Commanders. We got the Peterson uh, Reich Bowl last week. We will now get mm. the uh, Carson Wentz Philadelphia Eagles Bowl, but first. Uh, well, not first. This actually game is happening second, but we're snaking back. The Dallas mm -hmm. Cowboys visiting the New York football giants on Monday night football. Uh, by the way, I know you were at the game working it, but like, I don't ever want this dueling Monday night football thing ever again. It was awful. I hated it. Did not like it whatsoever. The best part about Island games is that we all get to watch it and enjoy it together. It was very, very frustrating. I hate Monday night football from a content creator oh, perspective from... it's really bad for me i uh no it's, one cares but uh, I, I slept like two hours last night it's bad it's awesome um when it's when it's sunday and you're like this is great like i get to just watch all the games but there's so much sure. stuff in our in our world that you have to do on tuesdays that's like independent mm. of your game yeah. and so like when you're smushing together post-game coverage with all the tuesday stuff you're, it can be very yeah, overwhelming you're automatically you. behind the eight ball you're just you're screwed <laughs> Um, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, who sponsor us over at the SB Nation NFL show, Brandon, have the New York Giants. They opened as three-point favorites over the Dallas Cowboys. That has shrunk. They are now two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cowboys. Again, Dallas 1-1, one one, New York 2-0, and oh, Cooper Rush, Daniel Jones. Um, I know that Cincinnati's offensive line is suspect, which is sad, um, but this really comes – you know how the social study we talked about prior to the season was – one of 53 where it's like Dak Prescott versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. It's, I don't think the one of 53 on the Cowboys is Dak anymore. I think it's Micah like, dude, that he is just, he is a different dude. Like he is incredible. And so like, yep. if he can get to and fluster Joe Burrow over and over again, I really like his odds against Daniel Jones. I agree because as, for as much as one Carson Wentz fumbles a lot, Daniel Jones tends to have that issue as well. If, or if not fumbling, certainly throwing the ball to the wrong team so um i don't know I, I think there could be a little bit of an overreaction to this cowboys win be like, oh, they're gonna be fine because like you said i think that offense is going to be an issue at the same time um there also could be overreaction to the giants being two and oh and be like oh see they're they're kind of good and like i think they're better yes but they're better than being really bad and i still think they're not great and you know it's not even like they they won these games convincingly. They beat the Titans by one point late in the game. They beat the Panthers well, and by and that three. was partly due to a missed field goal. But like they right. did win that game to you know. So give them. I'm their not credit. trying to take credit away. I'm just saying right, like right, they're, right. it's not like you know commit like beating these teams comfortably. Is, like yeah, not not the way the Bills are winning as an example. Yeah. Right? So like you know credit to them for winning all the credit, but um they're not quite as good as a two and zero team typically would be. I feel like so. Uh, it's tough. I, what's what is, what's the line in this game? Did you say that? I already said that uh, several times. Uh, the Giants are two and a half point favorites, and they opened as three, so it has moved. I wish it were three. I, I would have taken it at three. Um, I mean, I'd still take it at two and a half. The more points I can get, obviously, the better. Um, I do think that the Giants are the 
least stable 2-0 and team. The Bucks would be for me if Tom Brady didn't exist. And I know there are questions yeah. about him, but like at the end of the day, he's Tom Brady. Yeah, you get so, built-in benefit of the doubt there. Right. Yes. Um, so, I mean, again, I'm not trying to, to you know, take anything away from the Giants, but um, prove it again. And, and this isn't even about proving it, but like, okay, like don't, you know – you, you have not been the Giants we've seen for a long time. And Brian Dable, again, deserves an enormous amount of credit for that. But with Micah Parsons, and it's not just Micah. Like, Micah, again, is this, like, amazing player. But the entire Cowboys defense is playing very well. Regression to the mean has come for them. We, we have to admit that. They had six takeaways through the first two games of the season a year ago. They had two through the first two games this year. However, they are finding ways to mitigate that. And that won't be the case all season long in all likelihood. But that is really impressive. Give Dan Quinn his respect and his kudos as well. So that being said, like, I actually, I was going to bring this up, but we have obviously so many things to get to. If we had to rank like the sides of the ball, like all eight in the NFC East, mm. I do think the best one is the Cowboys defense. And I think the best coordinator of mm. all eight Homer. is is Dan Quinn. Well, I, I do. I mean, they have the best, like if we picked the best player in the division, it's Micah Parsons, right? Like if we picked one player who's the best, it's him. And so, I mean, I give them that. But, like, number two for me is the Eagles offense. Which is, but, yeah. And number three might be the Eagles defense. So, like, that's why I'm very, very interested to watch that game. So, again, I'm not trying to be a homer, but I think that's objectively fair. I think the Giants offense might be, like, fifth. And so, I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of trust Micah and the rest of the Cowboys defense to figure out a way against Daniel Jones. I don't know that I think Cooper Rush can drive up and down the field, mm-hmm. but I think he'll get a lot of short fields because it's Micah Parsons. There's so many Cowboys giants games in i don't know the past whatever six years whatever i guess probably since Dak got there where but even maybe even longer where like you don't even really feel like the giants have a chance and coming at that that from an eagles perspective it's like you know the giants aren't going to help the eagles you know they're not going to like beat the cowboys and like give you know the eagles a break no you know that's not going to happen I feel like that's different. And obviously, you know, Dak being out helps. But I, I do feel like Dable being here and the positive things that they have shown makes me feel like they can win this game. And that is progress. That is not something I have felt like in a long time going into a Cowboys-Giants matchup. But I don't think you can give them the benefit of the doubt just yet. So I'll take the Cowboys to win. But I do think it'll be a competitive game. I do too. Um, I think it'll be closer than usual. Dak is basically undefeated against the Giants in terms of his career. Obviously not a factor, but... Um... Yeah, uh, Giants wearing their throwback all-white uniform. So we get um, Giants all-whites. Oh, wait, that's the, the good one, right? Yeah, like the – it's, it's kind of throwback-y. With I don't the, like the uh, other one. With the block Giants on the helmet, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we get the Cowboys Navies um, in this game. Last time that happened on a Monday night, it was the uh, the Black Cat game. I'm sure you remember when the cat was in the stadium. I do. Was big, the old, yeah, whatever. Um, it was what, like 2019? It was. I think so. Um, okay, so we both have the Cowboys. So we obviously both have them covering. Let's go to the other matchup. Uh, so, by mm. the way, so then, um, again, that is happening. That's the last game of the week. But as of now, um, the Eagles are the only undefeated team in the division in our eyes. They are six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Washington Commanders. To put that in perspective, the Kansas City Chiefs, again, all these lines courtesy of our friends at DraftKings, the Chiefs are six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Fraud Colts. Um, and I don't see another, oh, the chargers are seven point favorites over the Jaguars. Um, but that's it. There's no line bigger or even, uh, with that one through. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the, oh no, I'm looking way too far ahead. The chargers next week are seven point favorites over the Texans. But, um, so this is expected to be one of the bigger blowouts of the week, which I think is a little disrespectful to the commanders, like all credit to the, the, like, I I think I'll tell you right now, I think the Eagles are winning this game, but I kind of like the points. Again, like we, especially if, if you go garbage time type stuff, like I really like the points from a Washington perspective. We saw that happen against Detroit. Points are tempting. It's going to be an emotional game, I'm sure, for Carson Wentz. First opportunity to play the team that traded him. Um, By the way, who are you rooting for in this one? You're rooting for the Washington Commanders to win, correct? Um. Yeah. From a Cowboys uh, perspective. Obviously. Yeah. Well, and from like an RJ perspective, it would be funnier. Well, I don't care it, about that. It would be funnier if Wentz won. Like it would be really, it's like, I get that, but I'm it, talking about like in terms of what's well, best I, for the they're Cowboys. one and the same. Like, and like my take has been that Wentz is a serviceable quarterback that the Colts stupidly punted on. So it would be funny for that take if Carson continued to prove that he was legitimate. Um, yeah. I'm 100% rooting for the commanders in this game. And then, you know, I think it should be obvious that, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, you're still rooting for the Giants to win. Because, like, you Dude, know, like, okay. I don't, And I think, like, 
this is why the mixtape is great because we we can like just be straight up about things i think if you're an eagles fan it's not it doesn't make you a, a lame fan to be like i'm kind of scared of the cowboys i'm kind of scared of them treading water and Dak oh, Prescott I mean, coming back yeah i mean yeah i think they have a better chance to <laughs> right then then the giants staying hot all season long exactly. Right? exactly yeah you're like you know the giants will fade off so yeah i think that's a pretty obvious if if uh anyone else disagrees you can tweet at us at brandon yowton at rj ochoa also on instagram those handles make it easy for you um I think the Eagles are going to win this game. And it's tough, short week, but they travel well to FedEx Field. There's going to be a lot of midnight green in those stands. Carson Wentz is going to make mistakes. Like, I can I can set my watch to that. My Apple Watch Series 3 that I, I need to get a new one. This actually popped off this summer, RJ. I was playing pickup basketball, and the wow, screen popped Football, off. basketball, talk about your athleticism. I know, more. I'm a big athlete over here. And uh, I went to Six Home Depot. Six foot nine. Although, by the way, I've heard rumors that that is not true. Okay, don't say <laughs> Yeah, you're feeding into a bit. Don't feed into a bit. Um, I, like just to... so the listeners know, Brandon is actually six foot five. Um, mm. And he's he's trying to get everybody to How much did Holden pay you to Look, say I, this? I, I'm just, I'm telling you that there, I've seen verifiable proof that you are only, when I say only, like respectfully, six foot five is really tall. But I've seen verifiable proof that you were only six foot five. That this six foot nine thing is a lie, a straight up fallacy. My dad is six foot five, and I'm taller than him. <laughs> this is easy to prove. But you anyway, be marginally tall and still be six foot. Also, five. So, I have a picture with like um, Robert Covington, like I'm not a, next to him. I'm not a Blink One Eighty Two person. That's not my He's thing. He's so. in the NBA, RJ. And well, who's the Blink One Eighty Two guy that you? Um, Mark Hoppus. He's not tall. That's that's not the that's the picture I've seen. That I'm just like whatever. So. Robert Covington is six foot seven, and I have a picture with him where you can see I'm clearly taller than him. Mm. So anyway, um, six foot five, uh, and, and change. Mad Uabum. How tall is he? Choo Choo Mad Uabum. Let me look him up real quick. He is six foot nine, and I think I have I have a picture where I'm either like level or we need to see taller. this picture again. I the, I've seen proof. That's all I'll say. I, I can't tell you what I've seen, but I've seen proof that you're only six foot five. So. I think it's reasonable. To take the points because that is a lot of points it's a division game i think you I, are are starting to you know like we need a fraud alert for brandon brandon has not taken the eagles like you think they're this great team they're the super bowl contender in your your estimation i haven't I heard you win the, the game eagles one time this year you, you've taken the lions points you've taken the vikings well, yeah points. I, I was right I, about the lions points what are you talking about still like if you believe they're this great powerhouse of a team like how can and you think wentz I didn't sucks think they were... you think wentz is terrible you think he can't hold on to the ball you went That's through all his fumbles like how are you going to possibly tell me, even though I believe in Wentz and the points, that you don't believe the Eagles cover? You are all in on the Eagles. You are all out on Wentz. If this was not a perfect firestorm for a six foot five person to take the Eagles as six and a half point favorites, what is it's six and a half? That's six five. It's your thing. How could you thumb this in the nose? Come on. Thumb this in the nose. Um, I think you mean thumb your nose at this. Uh Look. The analogy was great. Don't ruin it with the fact that I botched the ending. All right. The, the six foot five, six and a half thing was gold. You got to give me credit for that. I botch things all the time. Um, I think the Eagles win. I really do. I know it's a short week and all that. And I said this I think already, they win, but, but I'll take the points. I mean, the, the points are tempting. Six and a half is a lot. It's a, I mean, the game doesn't even have to be close. It could be garbage time. Yeah, like the Lions commanders. Right. Yeah. So like, I, I just think that's a lot to kind of. And who cares? The spread doesn't ultimately matter a ton. The outcome of the game does. I think the Eagles win. I think they advance to 3-0. and Big win to get uh, up in the division. It's, it's already big that they're 2-0 and in the conference. Like, low-key, you know, like, pretty valuable. You know, the Cowboys here, they only beat an AFC team. Same thing with the Commanders. Only beat an AFC team. Those are the least valuable wins you can have. Mm -hmm. um, all the while, the Commanders also lost an NFC game, and so did the Cowboys. Um, so that hurts against them. But yeah, I think this is a, a win for the Eagles. I feel good about Jalen Hurts right now. I feel like Carson Wentz is going to make mistakes or a mistake at some point. And I think having the Eagles fans in the crowd there at FedEx Field, it's going to get to them. Honestly, what's more important than anything, RJ? What's the one word I'm going to point to that's more important than anything? Content. Vibes. And okay. the vibes for the Eagles right now are immaculate. You can't argue that otherwise. They are very, very positive. I mean... James Harden, we're talking Robert Covington. James Harden was at the game. Like, it was a big old deal. Bryce Harper, um, Bradley Cooper, Questlove. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey in an Eagles jersey. Well, that, that's his brother's jersey. Like, he wasn't, like, Still, supporting. Still, it's cool. Like, it's cool no, seeing. Just, but, like, it's it's different if he's wearing a Devontae Smith. How, I get that. But how often do you get to see, like, one NFL player wearing another team, like, another player? Trayvon jersey? Diggs and Stephon Diggs do that all the time. Like, what are you okay, talking about? Like, okay. Yeah, but, okay, that's not a, that's a rare thing. It's not every 
That's not like an everyday I think it's thing. become way more common. I was actually How many other that. NFL brothers can you name? The Cooks, Dalvin and James. Um, the St. Browns, Amonra and Aqu- uh, And how many Aquinas. of them have you seen in the other jersey? And how many of those are even like... I'm relevant? just saying, I, I'm with you. I used to think it was like a really rare thing. Um, like I used to think it was like amazing that Peyton and Eli were these brothers and both went number one overall. I thought it was amazing that the Harbaugh's coached against each other in a Super Bowl. Like there's a lot of brothers. There's a lot of siblings. Like a certain, like really on the on the coaching level, but it's not like... Like, and Julius Jones's brother, Thomas Jones is in the NFL. Like, we can name a lot of examples. Like, it wouldn't a, be hard. As a quick aside to this, I'm very bummed that Frank Gore couldn't, like, keep playing. And they still weren't signing him because I was well, like. And then that he wound up being a terrible person. So. Well, that too. But I mean, right. yes, absolutely. But I'm saying in terms of, you know, there's a, like a bunch of talk in the NBA about LeBron's going to stick around till his son uh, right. plays. We were like, we weren't that far off, I think, from uh, Frank Gore and mm. his son playing in the NFL at the same time. That would be wild. Like, that's never, that's never going to well, happen, right? Like, that's way more rare than the brother thing. The brother thing would have to pretty... be, it'd have to be like a kicker, really, if that's ever going to happen in the NFL, right? Like, a kicker would have to play, yeah, and like, maybe another kicker's son could play. Yeah. Like, how did Adam Vinatieri's son not get there in time? Right. You know I, mean? exactly. I don't know if he has a son or whatever, but, um, you know. Okay. So the NFC East, but actually, before I get there, Doug Peterson, like, was – have you looked at his first seven games? Because it was just, like, a bunch of, like, you know, narratives. What do you mean? Like, so, the, the Jaguars' first seven games for Doug Peterson at Washington. So, you – right oh, away. okay. I'm, the rest yeah, of the I, schedule. Yeah, I'm talking about the Jaguars. So, Doug Peterson at – his first game at Washington. So, you got Peterson Wentz. Game two, Peterson Reich. Game three, Peterson Chargers, the team he should have been the head coach of a year ago. I said that when we first started the NFC's mixtape. Um, then uh, game four, Peterson against the Eagles, right? So now we've got like another revenge game. Game five, Peterson Texans. That's the one that like has no emotional attachment. Game six, Peterson Reich again. And then game seven, Peterson Giants. Of his first seven games, three of them are against the NFC East, the division he coached in and won a Super mm. Bowl in. Two of them are against Frank Reich and the Indianapolis Colts. And then the other two are the Chargers and Texans. Like, wow, that was a really heavy onslaught of narrative. Maybe it was because the, the schedule makers anticipated the Jaguars like not being good after that. So they're like, we got to get all the juice out of this that we can early on in the season. I mean, yep. the Eagles have some of that, you know, Dougie P returning to Philly. And then right. obviously Carson Wentz this week. So there's some of that going on here as well. Um, but yeah, let's give a shout out really quick to Doug Peterson. Because I think you and I have maintained, at least I have, here that this and i think we both can acknowledge that frank reich has done some good things uh oh dude but yeah the the take of like reich the was past. the genius behind the super bowl has it's aged just so, so poorly. people so really bad. like but it's not even just that point because whatever we're all wrong about things i've been kind of wrong about jalen hurts apparently but just like this idea that people are so entrenched in this thing that like it's just where is this coming from and I'm just so happy that it didn't prove to be true because like, come on, like, like it's just people. And maybe you're going to bring up Mike McCarthy, but people like discredit a Super Bowl winning head coach because, well, okay. No, don't talk about discrediting a Super Bowl winning head coach when you slight Mike McCarthy all the time. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like you can't have it both ways. I mean, like I mean, if, if there's a natural cachet that comes with it. just being a Super Bowl winning head coach, then Mike I'm not saying he doesn't deserve credit for it. I'm saying I don't feel good about him getting back there. There's a difference. And um, if you want to say that about Doug, then that's another thing. But you can't tell me retroactively he doesn't deserve credit for it. I am so happy that the national media and even the Indianapolis media is catching on to RJ Ochoa trashing the Colts. I got to tell you, I got to give a shout out to all the – uh, the mixologist i think you we know i was on. the original person on this though whenever no, whenever you you, yes i was i was okay. like the wentz trade is so bad they think they're okay. gonna salvage his career it's, but that it's wasn't the take that i that wasn't like the hill i died on what bothered me was how they sold him out wentz was not a perfect player for them but they made him the scapegoat for all of their issues and they they and what we upsets me take. but you know this as well as i do there are certain teams that nfl media and and nfl lore will take on and and hoist up more than others. The Eagles are one of those. You, you've acknowledged that. The Colts are another one. Like, they have this Midwest vibe where everybody wants to be like, the Colts Colts so cool. Nobody will point any fingers at Chris Ballard or, or Frank Reich. And, Chris and Ballard they, especially, dude. Like, yeah. why, did, why did everyone just decide he's, like, the best GM in the NFL? Like, someone, everyone just collectively decided He had the rivalries that. back on comment, like, oh, because Andrew Luck retired on them. Like, oh, my God. No. Like, they are frauds. They are frauds who are, are completely and totally selling out everybody else. Matt Ryan's next. I actually feel bad for Matt Ryan that he hitched his wagon to these dudes. But um, but anyway, All I right. did want to say you can, this. You can, we, you can find more national talk at the SB Nation NFL show on Friday. <laughs> um, so I want to look at the next four games quickly for every single team in the division. Because we're about to sure. – these first two weeks a little bit, you know, I don't want to say fluky, but, like, you know, we're starting to learn who these teams are. And these next the four weeks are going to be period. 
Dallas is next four weeks at the Giants, Commanders, at Rams, Eagles. So you got mm. or at Eagles. So you got three division games and the reigning Super Bowl champions. Yeah, <laughs> it's the next four that's weeks. That's an Cowboys. important stretch, right? So obviously, there's a lot of crossover games um, here. Uh, the Giants next four games: Cowboys on Monday Night Football, Bears easy win, right? Mm. Packers not as intimidating as it was once thought to be, but still probably a loss. And then the Ravens. So we're talking about at least two losses, right? The Packers and Ravens games for them. Can't wait to talk about the Ravens and the Dolphins game on Friday. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but at least the Packers. You think I know you are down on the Ravens, but we both think the Ravens are beating the Giants. So yeah, I mean, uh, but let's say the Giants do beat the Cowboys this week. That, well, mean, they're beating or they're beating the Bears. So the, that's that I mean, was, they could start four and zero. So, I'm, but I'm saying of their of their next four games, they're winning two maximum, which would be Dallas and Chicago. So yes, I at agree. The, at the end of week six, they have at least two losses. There may be three and three. Um, so that's that's a big difference from being two and zero, right? So that's my point. Oh well, let's go but play. It's also this game. something you would sign up for if you're a Giants fan. Right, right. Let's go play yeah. that game really quickly mathematically with the Cowboys. They're one and one. Uh, so the next three games at New York, Washington, at the Rams, at the Eagles. I'll say they split. I'll give them conservatively. And I've been saying this the, the next two games. Mm-hmm. The Rams don't scare me right now. Um, mm. Like like the way that you would think they would. But that's still probably a loss. I, I think it's very possible they go In one LA and three. Too. Not right. that like they have a great well, home yeah. crowd. But still, <laughs> still, it's, it's not a home game. But um, um, I think it's very possible they go one and three, which would put them at two and four. Maybe three and three if they're lucky. Maybe they, I think if they win two of these games, it's the next two. And then they, they get win- to two at the very most and i don't that's what think, I, no that's what i'm saying but yeah. if they if they win two it's the division it's the first two divisional ones there and i the dak thing if he's back for the rams game and the philly game that changes the calculus obviously we're talking about what we're looking does at it, right like, it does we won't we haven't seen a whole game of him you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i mean it didn't look good but it does it, like how can you say it doesn't change the calculus are the cowboys better off with cooper rush 888 <laughs> The Philadelphia Eagles next four games at Washington, dub Jacksonville, dub. It would be so funny, just so funny if they lost to Wentz and Doug Peterson back to back. That would be so. I'm, funny. I'm very confident but, that that will not happen. I know. Obviously, but, you can clip me saying that now, but um, at Arizona and then Dallas, I'll give them a loss against the Cardinals. Like that, that game looks tougher than it did. I don't think it looks tough, but it looks tougher than it did. It's um, a tough place to play, like low key. Like it's, it's like Arizona's not like the easiest place to play. It's the desert. There's some juice out there, um, surprisingly. Well, and, and there's there's some juice in that offense. Like like again, kind of they're, they're, the Commanders aren't the Cardinals, but like Kyler can make up a lot of points in a hurry. And and he's a very very people say what you want, video games, whatever. But he's a very very dynamic player. Like well, he's, he's, the he's be- erratic. Like right. and part of erratic is like good. It's not all bad. The um. So I'll say they they at least lose one game there. In the next four, the Eagles. Okay. That's like, again, we're being somewhat conservative with all this. Like, people, oh my gosh, you hater. You don't have the Eagles going six and oh. Oh my gosh, all oh, the Cowboys homer. So, do you um, think your listeners sound like? I, I don't know. Based on the way my mentions were Monday night, I would not be surprised. Uh, but we do have some incredible listeners, to be very fair. Um, so, at least one loss. And the hmm. DAC thing is a coin flip. So, I'll say one and a half pending the DAC thing. And, and if he plays the week before, how he looks, whatever. But that's that's it. Like two would be the absolute most, and it would involve Dak coming back and playing well, obviously. But still, like you're two talking about wins at the most. You're saying two losses at the most. That, that's okay. what I'm saying. It would be the Cardinals, and then the, you agree with me. It would be the Cardinals and the Cowboys if Dak came back and played to the level that we've seen him play at before. Yeah, um, which is you know again, a big... yeah, because they're not losing to the Commanders or Jaguars. So that's our point. It's, um, yeah, that's the, it's just not as simple. Not that you're saying it is, but I'm just like when Cowboys fans are factoring this in. Like, you don't know what he's going to look like. Like, like it's not as simple as Dak's back. Everything is fixed. First right. of all, again, he didn't look good when he was healthy. And second of all, it's a throwing hand injury. Like Russ, think about Russ last year when he came back. He did not look or, right or breeze, for a while. Or breeze when he did it. Right. No. Yep. Again, all I'm saying is like that. That we talk about. Can you see a path? That the path is there. That's all. Um, finally, Huge Washington. Fi- Washington's next four games: Philly this week, at Dallas. We gave them a, a loss there, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee. At Chicago, that Chicago game's Thursday night. That's gross. Like, well, <laughs> uh, I think they oh, lose one of Tennessee and Chicago. I do, I disagree. I think mm-hmm. they win both of those games, which is why I think the most consequential game, like NFC East wise, for the apocalypse that we've talked about here for every team's next four is Sunday with Philadelphia in Washington. Because if for whatever reason the Eagles lose, or, or like it would be more the Eagles losing to me than it would be the Commanders winning, but if for whatever reason all of a sudden Washington's two and one. Then they play Dallas, and maybe Dallas is two and one, like we said. I don't know how that goes, but I I do think that Tennessee looks awful, dude. Like I agree, 
They look terrible. So and so, so again, so if we give Washington three wins in their next four games, like that, that could be interesting. You know, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a path there for them. I really think the the most butterfly effecty game that we're going to watch is Sunday's game between the Commanders and the Eagles. If the Eagles smush them, then okay, the Commanders are maybe just a wild card team at best. But a win on Sunday for the Commanders changes the calculus a lot. If the Eagles come out and just smash Washington, like that's pretty. It's pretty bad news, I would say, for the rest of the division. Like that's like, oh crap! Like, probably not catching this team, especially with the schedule that the Eagles have. Um, I think the biggest butterfly effect thing involving the division that isn't related to the division is are the Titans, um, because like the 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 Titans are the only team. Let me rephrase this: the only team that every team in the division plays that could change quarterbacks. So let me ask you this: the Titans play uh, Washington in Week Five. They're the earliest to play them. Is mm-hmm. who's the starting quarterback for Tennessee in that game against Washington Week Five? Uh, I I think I, if I'm not mistaken, I think we looked this up before. The Titans have like a late bye. I think the bye week is going to matter for that. I could. It's see, actually the uh, week after the Washington game. So. Okay. Um. Yeah. I think he. I don't think Willis comes in until after the bye at the soonest. Okay, so that would mean that the Giants and Commanders both got Tannehill. Uh, the Eagles um, host the Titans in week 13. So you think mm-hmm. Willis is the quarterback by then? I think there is a 60% chance that he is. Finally, Dallas gets them on Thursday Night Football in week 17. If it's 60% for the Eagles, it's like 90% for the Cowboys. I think. Yeah, I mean, because at that point, too, I mean, the Titans could just, well, then again, at that I point, don't know. At that point, the season could be over, and it could just be about, like, evaluating for next year. I was about to say that, but, the dude, the AFC South is so bad, though. <laughs> they, could, they could still be hanging around. Um, Wow. Um, We did it I mean, all. You admit we it. Said it. I think all. the Colts are the, the worst team, and the Texans obviously aren't good, and the Jags, I love Dougie P, but, again, haven't won a road game since 2019. <laughs> I don't know who who the best team. I think the Jaguars are the best team. That's not saying much, but they're, they're the only right team now. with a they're the only team with a win. I mean, but um, but come on, like they're not they're definitely not good. They this is going to come down to like their their in their like inner division records. Like you know what I'm saying? Like can you sweep the AFC South, Doug? Like because if it is, if you can, then like that's it. Like welcome to the that's playoffs. all he has to do. <laughs> don't even win any other games. Just be right. beat up in the AFC South. Be six and eleven. Um, that'd be so funny. Um, wow. Okay. We did it all. We said it all. I did it um, with an injury. I'm starting to feel a little bit better, if I'm being honest. But uh, do you have anything else that you want to add, Brandon? Anything at all about stupid thing? Oh yeah, I tweeted that we were. So I tweeted that we were going to record, and I actually I said that you promised, even though you hadn't at the time, to incorporate three random phrases. There were responses. I my intention was for you to do that naturally throughout the show. You did not Mm. do that. Um, So if you could do that now. Okay. I thought I thought that was really obvious. Um, hmm. So that's my bad. Um, but, Weigh in um, if you think I'm in the right or if RJ is in the right. Hashtag BLG was right or hashtag RJ was right. Mm. And tweet us once again. Uh, okay. Well, give us like, give us your three not, phrases. These aren't like phrases. Some of these responses. It's just like a sentence. Does some of them count? are phrases. Um, I guess I think you're, a lot you're of them taking are not the word phrases. <laughs> No, I think you're taking the word phrase like is it a conventional phrase? Like, you right. know, the grass is always greener on the other side. I don't I didn't I didn't mean it that way. I just meant like okay. lines or, or something. So uh, but use them in a from... use them in a sentence related to the NFC East. Well, That's your first challenge. One is, is a sentence. Hertz is becoming better than Dak. Uh okay, you're gonna give credit to the person who tweeted it to us? That is at Chapeth Biller. I think it's Byler. I think it's Byler. Yeah. Interesting name. Um, I haven't seen that one before, and I think this it's Jafeth because it's PH Jafeth. Maybe. Uh, this one's from M Rivera five one one five. Living in your head rent free. I know you mm. like that one, and I'll give a shout out to our guy Conan who said I was wrong. Obviously referring to me being uh, too negative about Jalen Hurts. So I think he might go. have been referring to me and my apology letter about AJ Brown. No. So- because he, he, he got Conan, our good friend Conan, had to turn off the mixtape last week because of our Hertz dialogue. So I think he's mm. referencing that. Um, you didn't read the one I was hoping you would read, and it comes to us from Tom. I don't know if it's Coughlin. It'd be be interesting if it was. It'd be very NFC Easty if it was. He's but, probably a listener. Uh, but this Coughlin is C O G H L A N. So it might be like Colin, maybe. I really don't know. Uh, but his uh, response was, "They looked scrumptious." I liked that one a lot. Mm. So 
Um, give did? everybody Eagles? give everybody a, a piece of advice. It can be about life. It can be about tech. It can be about pop culture. It can be a, a, a TV show to watch. Give everybody a piece of advice, Brandon. Piece of advice that I haven't already said here on the podcast. Um, clearly, I have a lot, and I'm definitely not stalling. Oh, not a sponsor, but I have to say, I'm a fan of the Dunkin' Donuts app. It's a good app. You know, you know, sometimes you have these apps out there with, like, the loyalty programs aren't that good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it takes like a billion purchases to maybe get like a dollar off. Like, it's just like total mm. and whatever. I mean, it's better than nothing. But uh, Dunkin' Donuts does this thing where every Monday, our day, you get 100 points towards a free coffee. And you only need 200 points to get a free coffee. So you How go many points Mondays. do you get if you buy a coffee? Though? Uh, it depends on what kind, size and everything. But let's just say you get a, a basic, stand, like a medium or whatever, standard size that's probably like 20 something points. So it's a big deal. Wow. You so know? you get yeah, like the equivalent like, of like five coffees yes, worth of points. Wow. Exactly. Again, not a sponsor, but I've turned uh, the aforementioned Holden and E, my friend Zach, uh, onto this as well. And they're all believers. So, or Zach may have been doing it already. But the point is, the Duncan app, it's a good uh, it's a good value. So there you go. Are you somebody who, my, this is my last question, who is meticulous about the way your apps are on your phone? Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, do you have... Like, no. is it super organized? Do you have folders? Or is it just like a mess of like looking for app after app after app? Uh, I only have what? One, two, three, four, five, six pages. I have some folders, not a ton. I could do that a better job awful. of cleaning it up, but uh, it works for me. I don't really need to change it. I'm getting getting a new iPhone. I, I don't know if I told you this or the listeners. Maybe I did at one point. Very left side of my phone here, like this part. Ah, uh, yeah. You can't like, yeah. yeah you, you talked it's, about It's this. killing me. And uh, so I ordered the uh, iPhone uh, 14 Pro Max. Um, I think the way. way you go about your apps is a disaster. Um, like it's a it's a big deal for an app to get promoted for me. Like I have two main screens that I use. My third screen is all folders. So like if you're a top tier app, you get used a lot. You're in one of the two screens. It's a big deal. So if not, you get relegated. Those are the rules. Um, should we leave? Should we end it? Should we do it? We set it all? We did it all? TGIF. Congratulations. The Houston Astros, AOS Champions. <laughs>